All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. 510. Lots of texts coming in. 833-401-1440. Welcome back to the Jason Greger Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Coming to you live from the E-Well Studio. E-W-E-L dot C-A, your local electrical distributor. Anything you need electrical, they have it all. And uh, like you, huge fans. Looking forward to tonight's tilt. E-W-E-L dot C-A. We have lots of text. People wondering, why wouldn't the orders get Zadorov? Well, for, the orders don't need a left defenseman, right? Like, not every player that gets traded, if, if he was a right defenseman, I could see people saying, hey, wait, that's something they could have got in. But also keep in mind, they didn't have $3.5 million in cap space. And really, neither did Vancouver until the Corey Perry situation. The Corey Perry situation made Chicago be like, well, we lost Perry and we lost Taylor Hall. So they needed someone to, tr- like, they're not going to win, but they wanted someone to play with Bedard or give him some other skills. So they took Beauvillier and his $4 million cap it, just, you know, gave up a fifth, and that freed up the cap space. So good GMing by Vancouver. You, you, you know, you kind of take advantage of something and it worked. But how many other competitive teams had 3.5 million cap space where they could just take it? And uh, they, there's like outside of Carolina, there's none. Right. So that's the advantage they had and good to them. They, they built the advantage in and they made the move. And you look kind of the, the Bo Horvat trade tree. Look what, look what they've gotten now from the Bo Horvat deal. Right. Essentially, they got like they moved pieces they got uh, in that to get Ronick out of uh, Detroit. Right. Then you throw in it. Now they get, uh, you know, they move Beauvillier, which essentially gives them the money so they can get the door off. And they get they drafted Raddy, the young guy. Like, it's pretty good, man. It's pretty solid for the uh, for the Vancouver Canucks. So I like it. Let's get to the spec report now brought to you by GS Construction, where uh, they're always looking for good people. To hire. 
So go to Indeed.com. Look up GS Construction. It's a good company. Looking for good people. As uh, we welcome in Mark Spector. Spec, how you doing, my man? Doing awesome, man. What's going on? Well, hey, it's a few things going on. Um, what what do you make of this? It's rare to see a in division trade, but uh, is this the start of Calgary selling off, or were they just we want to get rid of a guy who doesn't want to be here? Okay, wait, you just went out on me. Is this the what did you say? I said, is this the beginning of uh, Calgary's rebuild or simply we're like, we just want to get rid of a guy who doesn't want to be here? Yeah, no, well, that's that's the million-dollar question. Uh, Calgary's a team that, that ownership has shown us over the last 20 years. They're not into rebuilding, right? They've been the poster boy for let's finish eighth or let's finish ninth. And if we make the playoffs, we're losing in the first round. They've been doing that forever. While the Oilers took their decade of darkness, Calgary was always 10 points better. And like I say, they made the playoffs sometimes, but they weren't ever a threat. So, you know ownership's not into a rebuild, but I'm here to tell you, if, I mean, Zadorov came out and said it, I want out, so they moved him. If Hannafin is telling him privately, I want out. If Lindholm's telling him privately, I want out, well, doesn't that kind of make you have to start a bit of a rebuild, Jay? Don't, do you have any choice but to rebuild if you're trading guys like that? Yeah, probably. Right. So, um, you know, good for Vancouver. Like, I don't, maybe the, I, part of me though wonder spec if this is Calgary doing what Vancouver did. Vancouver moved Beauvillier to free up cap space to fill a, a hole they needed with all their defense injuries. And Calgary looks and says, you know what? The one area we've, we've actually got a pretty good defense core. Now we've got some cap space. Maybe they move someone uh, to bring someone in. I'm, I'm wondering. Maybe they don't. And I know Zadorov wants to get dealt. And then maybe that was it. Like maybe behind the scenes spec, he was becoming an issue. I have no idea. So uh, sometimes, uh, you know, addition by subtraction potentially. Right. So uh, we'll see how it goes. The uh, the Edmonton. You, you don't. You never. It's a, it, it's a bad. Sorry, Jay. It's a bad look having a guy whose agent comes out and says we want out and having him on your team every day. It's just. It's just, it's no one's comfortable with that. It, it, frankly, I mean, when the play, you got to hope that the player, you know, was in concert with the agent. Cause if an agent does that to a player, it's a dirty move. Yeah. Right. Cause the player is the one that's got to go to the rink every day with his teammates. Uh, it, it's, it is what an old colleague of mine, Cam Cole, would have referred to as a turd in the punch bowl. <laughs> having one guy in your dressing room that's publicly doesn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. It's just bad for business. Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, Mark Spector joins us. So, Spec, you look at the Edmonton orders tonight. Uh, they've won three in a row. Um, six out of nine. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think they're turning things around. Their offense, and not just McDavid. Like, McDavid's obviously on another planet right now. But in their three-game winning streak, Spec, they got ten different guys who have scored. They got eight different players, including Vinny DeHarnay, who uh, are a point-of-game player. Obviously, I say that just because it's funny to have a guy like Vinny DeHarnay over a stretch of games as a point-of-game player. Good for him. But their offense has come around. We know that their defense is something they have to work on. Um, their starts have been quite good. Like, they're the highest-scoring team in the first period in the NHL. And Winnipeg is one of the worst scoring teams in the first period, but they're really good in the second and third. Like it's funny how the orders last year were so good. Like even this year, their shot differential in the first period spec is plus 54. They're plus 43 in the third period and they're minus one in the second period. Like it makes no sense how they've been so off in the middle frame this season. 
No, didn't we? When did we go through this stretch in Edmonton where they had terrible starts? Yeah, that was a while ago. Yeah. Like, how long? Remember, there was. This, yeah, but remember, they went on and on and on. And every day they said, we're going to start better tomorrow. And they never did. And it just, it was, we couldn't explain it. We sat here on the radio and, and yelled at each other about how, how is this happening? <laughs> now they're a good starting team. And then they come out in the second and they got nothing. So, man, it's one of those things in hockey, like, you know, that's why the big cliche in hockey is consistency and a 60-minute effort. You know why that is? Because no one gives you a 60-minute effort. No one plays 60 great minutes. You know, you're trying to play 48 great minutes. You're trying to play somewhere yes. over 45. It's probably going to be enough, to be honest. And you got to survive the other 15. But the Oilers' bad 15, <laughs> it comes every time right in the middle of the game. There's no question about it. Yeah, it's a, it is definitely a weird thing. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, Hyman comes back in. It, was Gagne the right guy to come out, or is this just a tough decision? What do you make of this? It's a tough decision, and I, I think it's the decision that's going to get made because I think Gagne is pretty much your 13th forward here. Okay. Um, you know, Derek Ryan has a, a real solid place among the top 12. He's a, you know, he rolls out the penalty killers on a regular basis. Yep. He's a... He's a sometimes a second face-off man on the ice. He can play wing. He's a jack of all trades. He's part of the top twelve. I don't think you're jacking Ryan in and out. Uh, to me, it's guys like Gagne and Ernie. Yanmark's uh, part of the deal. You're not taking Yanmark out. He's just got back. To me, it's it's Ernie or or it's um, Gagne most nights that are going to be thirteen. And Ernie's been really good. Not that Gagne hasn't, but Ernie's mm-hmm. been really good. So I think that's what kind of Gagne signed up for here, Jay. He probably signed up for it didn't matter if you scored on Tuesday. We might not play a Thursday. And I think he's – I wouldn't think he's surprised at what's going on anyhow. Yeah, I had to talk to Sam about it. And, you know, he says it's it's obviously difficult to, to be a healthy scratch. He's never really been a healthy scratch this often in his career. And he said, but what's helped him was when he came to camp this year – he thought he was like, you know what? Like, I might not be able to play all the time coming off hip surgery. So he had a mindset of like, you know what? I might be in and out of the lineup. And even though now he feels he could right. play every game, he says his mindset has kind of helped him that he's not frustrated because he was had told himself for so long, like, you might not be able to play every game. And now he's like, okay, well, I think I'm feeling okay. And he even admits that, you know, some days his hip feels really great and then others, you know what, he's still rehabbing it. So um, I think the good thing for mm-hmm. Gagne is when he comes in, he's shown he's a professional. And all you can do as a player is make it difficult for a coach. And I think he's made it difficult, no question, uh, to keep him out of the lineup. And when he comes he comes in, he's very well respected by his teammates. And, and I, do, I do think that helps because, you know, guys respect him. They like him. They know that when he comes in, he gives everything. And he's going to push other guys to be on their toes. Otherwise, they know they'll come out of the lineup. He's got some juice, like give yeah. him credit this year. Every time he, he's got three goals in nine games mm-hmm. coming off the fourth line generally. Like that's awesome production. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. You yeah. know, that's three more than a third line center I can name. Yeah. Uh, or, or your second, so, or your second you know, line right winger. It. Yeah. Or your second yeah, line right winger. Right. Like yeah. he, he's bringing it. So good for, you know, listen, he's 34 years old. Right. He's coming off double hip surgery. He's been around the league a lot of times. He came in here on a PTO. Like, if this isn't the end for, you know, Sam Gagne, he can see it from here. <laughs> so good for him. He's going out as a competitive guy. And, and if he plays this well, hell, he might get another invite back next year. But 
uh, a good career. And, and you can see he's an old pro now. Like we remember this kid when they drafted him back in the Taylor Hall and, and Jordan Everly years. And now he's got a little bit of gray in his beard and he's experienced and, you know, he's, he's a perfect guy coming off that fourth line. He knows how to jump into a game and make a, an impact. Uh, he doesn't feel his way in, right? He's coming in and making an impact right away. I know that's true. Uh, Mark Spector joins us on uh, Sports 1440 Live on Orders Nation YouTube. And, uh, you know, Ryan McLeod's uh, in a – Connor Brown hasn't scored a goal in 33 games, right? Ryan McLeod's only at 25. Yes. And, uh, you know, I, like, the thing about McLeod was I've actually – I know he wasn't scoring, but the rest of his game up until the last four minutes of the last game – I thought was pretty good. He struggled there and all of a sudden he's turning the puck over and everything. And so he hadn't allowed his offensive struggles to bug him defensively until those four minutes. So that's what I'm watching for. I know I've talked to Ryan. He's pretty honest players. Like, of course, like he tried Nugent Hopkins stick in practice one day. Guy, when you go this long, trust me, the players it where we saw Connor freaking McDavid spec. A guy who, yeah, he might have been injured. Yeah. I don't care. He was fighting confidence because the minute he scored against Florida, all of a sudden he looked super fast again, right? His, his knee didn't instantly heal when he shot the puck. So confidence can be a powerful <laughs> thing when you don't, or lack of confidence. And so I look at McLeod. There are some things I'd like to see better from him, but I, to me, it's Connor Brown. Connor Brown's in your top six. He's, he's getting to play with better players and he's not getting any shots. Like he's got to start doing something. Yeah, I think it's it's time here. You know, we saw him have a, two or three pretty good games before he got hurt again, and now he's on the rebound again, right? So I think you know, it's it for sure. It's time. You can't hang around that group and and have zeros here or have zero goals like that. There's got something's got to go off your sticking in the net here pretty quick. I maintain, Jason, that Connor Brown was a. Uh, last 41 games of the season guy. He was a second-half guy for me. Coming off that surgery that he had, missing a whole season last year, I, I'm i willing as an observer to basically pull the blinds on this guy and pull him back up at the 42nd game of the year and say, okay, we expect it now. You want it a little earlier? I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But uh, guys who – come off those injuries they just take a long time and we can stamp our feet all we want it's not going to speed it up any so let's see when it starts for the kid he's got to come on at some point you can't earn four million bucks and hang around doing nothing no not not at all and you know and i do wonder mcleod hey another guy like look at echo echo missed training camp preseason he yep. was he was a little slow. Ryan McLeod started injured too, and you know I I don't know if that impact. Like he didn't play well, a lot in the preseason. Sure. Now I I would like him to. He's got to hit the net more, right? And I'd like for a guy who has the puck because he does something spec that very few bottom six players can do. There's a few, there are some, but there's very few bottom six guys who are transporters of the puck through the neutral zone. He has the puck a lot, and I think that's what's frustrating is you see the puck on a stick, and then not a lot ends up happening offensively, and I think so eventually he's got to figure out a way, whatever it is, to make more plays when he has the puck as often as he does. He He's good to the hash marks, and then it dies, Right. He's good to the hash marks, and then it dies. And you know what? I'm, uh, I'm going to say he, he's not blessed with with elite playmakers. You know, he's played a lot of time with Fogel, right? Fogel's a straight-ahead Fred. Like, he skates well, takes it to the net. He's got a great wrist shot. Fogel's not a noted playmaker. Uh, I don't know who's been the most often on the other side. Right now, it's Ryan on that line. Ryan's a pretty good playmaker. 
I'm not sure Ryan can keep up with uh, McLeod real well, but Ryan's good with the puck. He's very smart and he's got good hands. So, you know, I guess what I'm trying to say to you is if, if, you know, if he had someone with him that could help him out a little bit, he, the kid could use a backdoor tap in is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> and there aren't many of those on that line. So, you know, he wants to score a certain way, McLeod, transport the puck, fire that wrist shot. That's what he wants to score. Maybe he needs to score the way other guys get out of slumps. And you know how that is, right? It's yeah. Yanmark off the shoulder or mm-hmm. Ekholm off the leg. or He could use one of those and they all count. Yeah, no, that's uh, it's very true. Mark Spector joins us on uh, Sports 1440. One last one for you, Spector. Look at the Winnipeg Jets. And like their their owner has boatloads of money, but... Um, should other markets in Canada say, hey, wait a sec. Like, I know Winnipeg is one of the smaller ones, but look at the crowds there. Like, I, I wonder, you know, Edmonton doesn't sell out every game here. Like, I wonder if this is something that more teams, uh, you know, and not just in Canada, in the U.S. might have to start considering and say, hey, like, we might, we got to be aware of this and not just wait till it happens in our own backyard. Well, so how do you solve the problem? Like, so if they're aware of it, what do you do to to get the fans to come back? Well, in Winnipeg, like, you know, it's, it's a, it's a tough one because it's funny. The owner's like, well, we don't want to lower ticket prices. I'm like, well, guess what? Right now, the high ticket prices aren't selling. So guess what? It's better than zero. So if your ticket price is a hundred bucks and you lower it to 65 or 70, that's still better than zero, isn't it? Hey, to me, it's, it's all supply and demand. That's all. Yeah. And you could see. Even in the market, you know, France, you can see in the marketplace how desperate your local hockey team is here. When you start seeing a whole bunch of Twitter buys, hey, tickets available for that Anaheim game on the Sunday. You know, I noticed a bunch of a bunch of Twitter buys on that one. When you start here seeing it out there, uh, you know that the advanced sales aren't very good, and and the Edmonton Oilers are a smart organization. They get out ahead of it. They do a little advertising. They try to fill their seats. Uh, in Winnipeg, you know, they've they've no doubt done the same thing, and they're not anywhere close to selling out. They're having some low crowds in a small building. So, yes, Jason, I, you can't tell me that there's step one, two, three, and four. It's step one, lower the prices, right? NHL tickets are really expensive. And when you stop selling out, uh, you know what? You can, you can shine up that, uh, you know, you can – make the pig look as good as you want. In the end, people aren't going because it costs too much money. So that's an issue. Teams don't want to admit it, and they don't want to lower the prices. I'll tell you that for sure. But I don't see a whole bunch of reasons, Jason, why people would stop going to NHL games in 2023 as inflation skyrockets and the t- so do the tickets. To me, it's one thing and one thing only. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Well, but is that thing changing? No. Right? You buy tickets. Yeah. You're a ticket holder. You're a season ticket holder. Yeah, yeah. But is is that thing changing? You know what I mean? Like, um, are we suddenly, is the economy going to bounce back? That's all I'm saying for organizations. You always have, other businesses do it, right? You have to evolve yeah. and you have to grow. And so I just I just wonder about uh, if teams, maybe they don't have to think about it. Maybe there's enough supply and demand, as you say, Spec. But all I know is, look at the rink in Edmonton, right? Not every game sold out. Not close. So... Hey, pal, you know, look at the the stats we see every day in the news. The cost of living's up six oh. or seven percent this year. Did anybody get a seven percent raise out there? Raise your hand, right? Yeah. You know, people are making theoretically less. They have less spending power in 2023 than they did in 2022, and it's going south every year right now. So, what's the first thing that goes, pal? 
right? Yeah. Luxury items. What's yeah. a luxury item? A $150 hockey ticket is probably a luxury item. Very true. That's why you can listen to the Gregor Show for free, Spec. So that's great. Spec, have, uh, hey, have a and good what one. What value hey, you get? Hey, do, do you have any? Do you have any? <laughs> do you have an update or an announcement? What's happening at those Spec uh, thing? Are you nervous right well, now? I got nothing going on here. Okay, nothing going on. I'm just right. a regular guy. Okay. Enjoying hockey. Okay. Game well, on we'll TV. wait. That's all I am. We'll wait then. We'll wait. Okay. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow. All right. All right, buddy. Have a good one. Maybe tomorrow. That is uh, all Mark, right, brother. See you. Mark Spector and the uh, Spec Report brought to you by GS Construction. Uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Uh, we'll hear from uh, Chris Knobloch and more on the Jason Greger Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Is he saying one in ten? God, I'm always the worst. I probably should Google it. But, man, <laughs> I'm always singing the wrong lyrics. <laughs> Sometimes it's funny. But does, is he saying one in ten there? I think he is, right? Am I wrong? God, Google it. Maybe I maybe look look it up, Cons. Probably not. I'm probably butchering it. He is saying one in oh, ten. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. All right. Well, there you go. He got that one. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, that was nice. Wasn't bad. Uh, welcome back. Gregor Show. Connor Howley. Let's you please turn your lights on as you uh, make your way home. We got a lot of time to get home. Lots of time. He's got about forty five minutes for a puck drop, so don't worry. You got lots and lots of time. As uh we are now going to go. In the room brought to you by Next Gen Transportation, heavy haul transport provider. And uh, guess what? They just got some new platform trailers. They're in and they're ready for work. So go to nextgentransportation.com. They can help you get moving. And we're going to hear from the uh, head coach of the uh, Edmonton Orders, uh, Chris Knobloch. And he just... Um, he was asked about um, any tactical priorities that he's implemented since coming over. This was asked by a Winnipeg reporter. Well, I think every coach knows the importance of playing good team defense. Um, you got to be able to keep the puck out of your net. And that's uh, through the penalty kill, uh, five-on-five play. Um, you know, I think the, for the defensive zone, we've tightened some things up or addressed some things hasn't changed very much but we just wanted to really put a lot of emphasis on um, our line rush coverage on not giving up scoring chances um, you know 40 45 percent of goals five on five come off the rush and we as a group need to change some things and um, just know our roles and make better decisions and um, you know it's only been a short um sample so we're obviously we're still working on that but i think that's been the biggest um um, and point of emphasis for me. Smart. And uh, you know what? Think about the game. Look at Vegas. Think about the Vegas game. So one one off a of face-off, right? That definitely not. Uh, then you had the other one in the defensive zone, kind of an unlucky break off of Ernie and DeHarnay. Then the other one was a clear that didn't get out. Even the stone one, none of them off the rush. Then go back a few more games. Like Remember the orders? A was odd man rushes all over the place. Right, it was ill-advised turnovers in the offensive zone that led to odd man rushes the other way, right, or a bad pinch in the offensive zone. The orders are playing smart. We talked about this. Now, why why didn't they listen? Because, like, and by the way, I thought Woodcroft at times have done this, so it's not like you know the coach is bringing up something that's never been discussed. Players are more attentive, or. Because, as I said, they did this to Dave under Dave Tippett. They've done it under Jay Woodcroft. And who knows if maybe in the future they'll do it under Chris Knobloch. But the orders every year for the last four years have had a stretch where they've been horrific defensively, up to 15 to 20 games. But then they wake up. 
which is why to me I've always said this is more this isn't a coaching issue this isn't a systemic thing this is a commitment to buy in now maybe they're using different terminology I don't know maybe they're better communicators I don't know or the players just more committed to want to do it I think it might be a bit of both but I'm guessing it might be more of the uh, of the latter a little bit we'll see um and he followed that up with the balance between not making too much change, but also trying to implement change. How do you balance that as a coach? Um, yeah, no, absolutely. There's, um, you know, there's things that I need to change. Um, just, just the vocabulary that I use with the players. Uh, you know, I might have a term for something that I've always used, and I don't want to use that term if they're not familiar with it. So, I'm trying to learn what they call something, whether it's a breakout play or a, a face-off, whatever it is. Um, but then also, the biggest thing for players to play well is they have to be, you know, free, um, just being able to play free and not overthinking and just things come easily for them. And as a coach coming in, there's obviously going to be change. And you can't have too much change because it's just them being overburdened with so much information that they can't play the way they want to. So as we go through this, there's been a lot of reputation, a lot of um, things that I'm reviewing and emphasizing things that I want them to do. Um, but we made some small changes, but um, we're, I don't want to do too much. So I, and we will talk to him about this on Monday. Um, the now that you have because he hasn't never had three straight days of practice time and he even talked about this after you know what 10 days of having the team right the 10 games you could put your fingerprints on it and i wonder if you use the 10 game mark because tonight's his ninth game and then they have two days off but then they have three days of practice and anything that he's going to want to implement i look at the order schedule i don't think they have three consecutive practice days the rest of the season Right. That's just, that's how it works in the NHL. You just don't, now I shouldn't say that there is a bye week later on, but I think the players, because of the bye week, I think it's mandated. You got to, you get time off. You don't get three consecutive practice days, right? Like this, this is just a scheduling quirk. And this schedule here today has to do with Connor McDavid, uh, so he can attend the, uh, the induction into the Canadian, uh, walk of fame, which happens on Saturday. But you look at the orders, um, you know, the Christmas break, you're not going to have three days of practice. People go home, uh, for that. Right then, the uh, they do have three days between games on the third, fourth, and fifth. But when it's after a game, usually you know one of those is going to be a day off for sure. So that doesn't happen. Um, looking into uh, then they get into their bye week at the end of January. They might have three, depending on how they time their bye week. They might get three before they play Vegas on February sixth. So they might have another three day. But either way, it's pretty rare. Is my point. So. I'll be curious to see. And uh, the penalty kill, what has he liked? Because the penalty kill, 89.2% here the last nine games. has been very good. They've also scored a lot shorthanded. And uh, here was uh, Knobloch talking about the penalty kill. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with um, the way we're playing 5-on-5. Five five. We're moving our feet. We're checking. We've got good sticks, good angles. Um, good penalty kill obviously has to do with good goaltending. I think we've been getting good goaltending on the, on the penalty kill. Um, but I think Stewie's been doing a great job with um, communicating, having a good, clear message for the players um, in the mornings so they're prepared to whoever we're playing in the, that night. Um, but another thing we've changed is just having pairs, um, just regular pairs, guys who know who they're going to be with so they can read and react off each other. And um, it just makes it so much easier for 
the group, uh, especially with the guys who were on the ice. And, you know, we got Yanmark and Brown who were initially out at, at the beginning when I came here, um, just that they were hurt. Now we've got those two as a pair. They've been great. Um, we have uh, Ryan and Nugent Hopkins together. They're starting to build some chemistry, and usually they're the first over the boards. And then uh, Fogel and McLeod, you know, round out our top six on the penalty kill. But I feel that each night when we have our 12 forwards, probably, you know, 10 of them we feel comfortable killing on a regular basis. But um, we wanted to give some ownership to those guys, and they've been uh, doing a really good job. So you heard it. You know who the penalty killers are, right? Ryan, Nugent Hopkins, and then Yanmark uh, goes out second with Brown, and then you have Fogel and McLeod. Obviously, if one of them's in, then uh, Fogel or McLeod move up into the into the top four, or sometimes they go out because the coach doesn't like to switch up the uh, the pairings. That's in the room, brought to you by Next Gen Transportation. Uh, when we come back, we'll get you the in depth lineup tonight. Wrap up the busy Thursday edition of the Gregor Show. Sports 1440, you can always text. We've got lots of text to get to. 833-401-1440 in our Jiffy Lube inbox. We roll through the uh, final day of November. You know what? Uh, you could take the song, Wake Me Up When September Ends, and just use it and wake me up when November ends, right? Wake me up when December ends. It's perfect. You can do it. And uh, tomorrow is December, which also means the start of Month of Giving. So uh, we look forward to that. Go to jasongregor.com if you want to see what is up for auction next week. Tomorrow we're doing the Pyramid of Giving, and uh, we'll tell you all about it. If you're any of our new listeners, our old ones, you know how the deal will be awesome. We're going to raise a lot of money, help out the holiday hamper, so we'll get to that on tomorrow's show. But first, let's get uh, to the lineup brought to you by Sherwood Power Sports. Sherwood uh, Power Sports and Marine, where, of course... Guess what? Uh, they've got fishing boats, pontoon boats, ATVs, side-by-sides, and motorcycles. So everything you want, off-road or on the water. They even have a 91,000-liter tank for you to test drive, do everything in your boat to make sure it's ready to roll so you're comfortable with it. It's fantastic. And uh, they have it uh, all coming. It's going to be great. So check it out at uh, Sherwood Power Sports and Marine. Orders line up tonight. One change, we'll see Zach Hyman return. He comes in. Uh, Nugent Hopkins will play with McDavid and Hyman. Dreisaitl with Brown and Kane. Fogel with McLeod and Sam Gagne. Yanmark with Hamlin and Ryan. So uh, Mr. Ernie is uh, coming out of the lineup. So Gagne's in, gets rewarded for his goal. Makes sense. Uh, interesting that it's Gagne with McLeod and Fogel. So you know what? Maybe I think they look and say Hamblin, Ryan, Yanmark, a little bit more of a checking line, maybe. But or are they like, hey, Gagne's got some energy here. Maybe he can make some plays to get McLeod going. We'll see. So that's the lineup change tonight for the Edmonton Oilers. Not bad. Why not? So uh, Gagne is in tonight. Uh, Ernie is out and uh, Hyman in. So I'm thinking that hey, you know what? Sam Gagne's earning. Good for him. Right? You. Uh, you can't argue with that. He's played well, deserving of it. So, and, and that's what you have to do. Uh, you know, there's lots of people who thought he was coming out, but uh, evidently. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, they were, they were wrong. So there you go. We, we were told he's out, but clearly he's not. So uh, Adam Ernie makes sense. So uh, Yanmark, of course, can play the left side. No brainer. Ryan and Hamlin. Hey, you know what? Very, we haven't talked a lot about him. But man, Hamlin, since being recalled, he's given you more than I think people expected on that fourth line. He's been very good. Right? He's chipped in two goals. Obviously, that's a huge bonus. But have you really seen him make a bad play? I think he's been really solid. Meanwhile, the, uh, the Winnipeg Jets, uh, their lineup tonight, we'll see uh, Gabe Velarde come uh, back in the uh, lineup. So that could be a boost to them. He's been out uh, with an MCL sprain and not a happy because it was his own former teammate, Blake Lazat with the shot that uh, took him out of the lineup. But uh, Gabe Bellardi is back in. He's going to start on the fourth line. Uh, he's somebody, though, that they really think can help him on the power play. Their power play has been uh, struggling a little bit, so watch out for that. Kyle Connor, maybe the quietest goal scorer in the National Hockey League, Connor Halley. Like this guy, all he does is score goals. So it's all he does. Absolutely. I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of him. For a few years, we've seen him continually uh, find ways to put the puck in the back of the net. I don't want to go too back into his history and when he was drafted or, you know, potential players or where he could have ended up or anything like that. But he's a threat. you got to watch over him, be uh, be ready for him wherever he is on the ice because he can certainly make you pay uh, with what he's been able to do the last couple of years, Gregor. Yeah. So, yeah, you know what? I like him a lot. And he's just, like, and I've said this all along, um, when you look back at the 2015 draft and that trade for Griffin. No, but seriously, like we chuckle. Hey. But, but when you think about organizations, like one move that could drastically alter your team. And even if they would have taken Eric Sinek, which is somebody they liked, well, then, you know what? That would have been a, a much better player. And they still would have had the 32nd pick. Who knows? Maybe they trade up. Maybe they trade down. I have no idea. I can't predict there, right? But you could have taken him. You could have taken Kyle Connor, right? Like there, there was options there. They they didn't need a center. Like I never thought they were taking Matt Barzell. And to be honest, it would have made sense. They didn't need they didn't need Matt Barzell when you had Dry Settle McDavid. There's no reason, and you still had Nugent Hopkins. There was no reason, right? Now some would say, well, Gregor, they still had Everly and Hall at that point. Fair, very fair. But if they if they if they really wanted to get a defenseman, why go out and get Griffin Reinhardt? Wasn't even an NHL defenseman. Right? That was the thing that was so mind-blowing about it. You gave up that pick for a guy who wasn't even a top-pairing AHL defenseman. God. like People talk about the Hall and Everly trades. Hall, you got Adam Larson. Like, Adam Larson was a good player. A very good player. 
Now, could you have taken Hall and just signed Demers' free agency and not acquired Lucic because it was kind of Lucic and Larson? Yes, 100%. But at least you got Larson for Hall. Now, and Strom for Eberle, if you would have kept Strom, no, decent player. But they actually crushed it when they gave him away for Spooner, which was awful, right? Because then eventually it's like a year later and it's Eberle for Spooner. That was terrible. But I'm telling you, the Griffin Reinhardt one, because you got absolutely nothing. Nothing. It never helped your team. For a 16th overall pick in a deep draft. Sort of reopen this, but it still bothers me. <laughs> still bothers me. That's why I just touched on it a little bit, because that's something that I've said a lot of times, Craig. And I, I also look at Boston uh, with what they did, because they had three consecutive first-round picks, and Jake DeBrusque is the only one who's really panned out. But Barzell, Kyle Connor, Shabbat, uh, you know, Erickson Eck, like yeah. Besser, Konechny. There's guys in this draft oh, Besser, that have been, Kine- yeah, been very good. and Lots of good ones. Which shows you, hey, you know, it's difficult in the, you know, no team. But that just for Griffin Reinhardt, I'm like, you already knew. So you already knew what he was as a pro. You didn't know what the other players were, right? You'd, Griffin Reinhardt being a pro for a few years. And all the things about his game you'd seen in, yeah, it was, uh, it was a bad one, man. Bad, 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 bad. So it's tough. Hey, guys, uh, what are your thoughts on the Broberg situation? I think for the time being, put him down the HL for 25 minutes. Yeah, 100%. Uh, text or send us your name so we can put you in the system, and then we'll have you for the next time, uh, 5756. Uh, I wrote about Broberg today. Um, Broberg and the organization have had conversations, and, you know, they, they, they're looking at saying Broberg wanted to at least stick around for the practice. So the coach, A, he gets a better sense of what the coach wants, but B, the coach could see him in practice to understand exactly everything he offers. And then after that, I think they're going to send him down. Not right away, but because the truth is right now, the way the defense is playing, until there's an injury, I don't see anybody coming out. Vinny DeHarnay's playing great, and he's a right shot, right? You're not taking CeCe out. You're definitely not taking Bouchard. You're not taking Nurse. You're not taking Echo. You're not taking Kulak. So unless one of them gets hurt, where's he playing? So you're better off. I agree with you wholeheartedly. And I've said this. Send him the minors. He has played basically three games since Ekholm came here. And when I say that, he's played three games the first three of the year where they only had six defensemen. And he played just under 15 minutes a game. That's good. If you can do that, no problem. He can develop. But he can't develop playing eight minutes a night, which he's done for the other games this year. And nine in the 11 games last year. It just doesn't work. It's not fair. So, yeah, they need to. I expect in December, barring injury, they're going to send him down. And if there's an injury, then he's going to play. It's going to be that simple. So we'll see. Have yourselves a great night. Enjoy the game. Uh, we'll break it all down and start the month of giving tomorrow. We're very excited. Of course, Brandon Douglas, Kevin Karras will have all the uh, post-game reaction early tomorrow morning. Or you can go to Orders Nation uh, tonight if you're all fired up. See what happens, the Jets and the Orders. Here's the con man and a Sports 1440 update brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling. Home of the no payments, no interest for one year on your furnace. Stay warm all winter. LegacyHeating.com. Good night. Enjoy the game.